Hi, this is Dr. Renner. Thank you for joining me in what we think is the best podcast on evidence-based medicine in the, co- in the country today. Today, I'm joined with Dr. Alan Safdie, a famous gastroenterologist and internal medicine physician who's been doing clinical research for more than 30 years and is on the cutting edge of medicine. Alan, this is a question I get every day from my neighbors and friends. When is the vaccine for COVID-19 going to be ready? And when are we going to be free again, free at last? Um, You know, that's a good question, Bill. And and being ready and being available does not mean that we're out of the woods, uh, first of all. Uh, I am not a fortune teller, neither are you, and neither any politicians, that's for sure. Um, But one of the most disturbing things that I've seen recently in a recent poll only 42% of Americans questioned in this poll said they get vaccinated for COVID-19 once it's available. And I got a question from several nurses that I answered yesterday. You know, when will you get the vaccine? And I said, I have to look at the phase three data. Uh, Phase two looks very good, looking at toxicity early on. Phase three is going to look at efficacy. I have to look at efficacy and side effects during that to make that decision, but I will probably be one of the earlier adopters. Which one I get really depends upon my analysis of the phase three data. But let's just take, say half of Americans get this vaccine. The FDA is gonna allow the vaccine to be marketed with only 50% efficacy. So meaning say it only works out of one out of two people. So if you only have one out of two people getting the vaccine and it only works in one out of two people, That means only 25% of the population may be immune for how long we don't know or how long the vaccine is going to work, we don't know. So that's scary because that does not give us herd immunity. So you ask how long are we going to be with this? If we don't get a vaccine that's, say, 70% effective and get 80 to 90% of the population to accept the vaccine, in my mind, we're not going to get the herd immunity that we really want. Whereas people that you're going to come in contact with already have antibodies, they're not going to be spreading the virus. So what about, you know, spreading this virus? Um, You know, we have studies, you know, we know face masks can help. Um, You know, if you're trapped in a room with an infected person that's usually pre-symptomatic or asymptomatic, those people can spread viruses that can float in the air for hours. Um, and you have a chance if you're stuck in this poorly ventilated area, such as a lot of old buildings and things like that, movie theaters, concerts, churches, um, a severely infected person, especially if they cough, can fill a poorly ventilated room with 7.4 million copies of the coronavirus every cubic meter. So every step you take, you're running into another 7.4 million copies of this COVID-19. So... We need- and, we, and we know the disease is uh, dependent on the dose. The severity of the disease appears to be dependent on your dose. So people wear masks. I mean, I, I don't get it. Why don't you wear a mask? And when, <laughs> when, when someone says to me, oh, I don't like wearing a mask, you know what I say to them is, well, if you don't like walking and wearing a mask, you're really not going to like breathing through an endotracheal tube. <laughs> so... People, please just wear, wear masks. It's not that big of a sacrifice. 
You know, it's no one's taking your freedom from you. You can still vote. You can still say what you want. You can still be a redneck. You can do whatever you want. Just wear a mask. Protect yourself and protect others. Doesn't make any sense not to. This is an epidemic. Hundreds of thousands of people are going to die uh, and, and have already died. Um, so just in this country, we have one quarter. In this country. We have one quarter of the world's cases. We are the only industrialized, you know, country that has such poor data. Um, you know, so what else do we need besides a vaccine? And we've said this, Bill, since one of our first podcasts on COVID, and we did one of the first podcasts that you can find on COVID, where we started to warn of this disease uh, well before there was hardly any cases. And right. On our very first podcast, we said people start wearing masks. This is spread by respiratory droplets, wear masks. We said that We said that in uh, the very first podcast. It just makes common sense that wearing a mask is going to help you. Yeah, and we talked about six feet is probably not far enough. That's 1930s data. And aerosols can stay in the air for hours. And we talked about how far they can spread, maybe 27 feet, not six feet, especially behind a runner or a biker. But one of the things we talked about very early on that's going to help us get out of this, I think even as much or more so than a vaccine, and we've got countries like New Zealand that has no cases for 120 days. I think it's 120 days right now. Two months, no cases. Um, Three months, yeah, no cases. So, I mean, we have all these countries that have done things right. We need fast, cheap, reliable tests for COVID-19. Young people are not going to spend $125 or wait in line at a clinic to get a COVID-19 test. Right now, tests are designed for medical purposes. You know, they identify whether someone with symptoms has COVID-19. We're not picking up this asymptomatic group, whether it be 40 or 50 percent of the population. So we need these simple, inexpensive tests. Say they cost a dollar each and we do them every couple of days and we get the entire population to do this. Um, we can decrease this very quickly. Waiting until someone has symptoms before scheduling them for a test means they won't know that they're contagious until they aren't. Um, the tests take a week or two to get back. So the worst time is when you're pre-symptomatic, right before you get symptoms, are a lot of the asymptomatic people. Um, so we have data and we've been lobbying for a long time for a fast test that you can do at home. Um, and we need the funding for that. And the current tests are not fast. They require intricate uh, instrumentation. They require startup costs. And we don't have the laboratories that can do them. We turned down the World Health Organization test kits. So we need this highly accurate test to detect somebody at the moment before they're transmitting. So if we can everybody do, so if we spend $3 a week for everybody, that is a lot cheaper than trillions of dollars in economic recovery funds. So if you test everybody $3 a week, that's nothing compared to what we're already spending. And these testing delays are really a problem and our contact tracing is really a problem so vaccines are going to be out there that you know we're going to have vaccines and we have promising vaccines how long the antibodies are going to last we don't know there's difference we're looking for antibodies from b cells but maybe these t cells are part of the answer um so the t cells are the cells that actually the b cells create the antibodies that go kill the virus the T cells in themselves can go kill the viruses, and we have these memory cells. So even though we may not be able to measure high antibody levels, maybe a vaccine is going to help decrease disease severity 
or protect us from getting the disease in the future, even though we can't measure high antibody levels. But that's going to be a while before we know that. So we have to not look just at the naive portion of B cell antibody production, but we have to look at these T cells and these helper T cells and killer T cells. And these killer T cells in and themselves can go out and kill the virus. Um, so I think this year we'll have a vaccine at the end of the year, probably or we'll have the data at the end of the year um, for phase three. I hope we don't rush because the worst thing would be is if we have a catastrophe um, with a vaccine with side effects and we put it on the market too soon because uh, then we're not going to get the 70 to 80 percent of the population we need to get the vaccine. Um, one of the things people need to remember is we need evidence-based medicine. Hydroxychloroquine is no better than placebo for mild, moderate, or severe COVID-19 cases. So we got to look at what's next. What's next is vaccines, prevention with masking and distancing, and you know, thinking about at-home, rapidly accessible tests. Alan, that was a great discussion. Really, it's probably one of the, the best discussions I've, uh, I've heard on uh, the prevention and how we're going to stop this disease and get back to what I like to consider an, a normal world. If you like this podcast, uh, please uh, subscribe to the uh, channel. Please tell your friends about it. Uh, Alan, thank you for another great discussion. Thank you, Bill, and stay safe and stay away from people. <laughs> <laughs>